Welcome to Gaming Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gamins Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. I am your host, Matt Lancedell. I am an intuitive life and spiritual coach and counselor. My areas of expertise are teaching people how to heal toxic shame and attachment trauma and embody their authentic self so they can enjoy more meaningful connections in their lives. I specialize in working with highly sensitive people, empaths, and gay men to develop a stronger sense of self-worth. Today's topic is called another failed relationship, failed in quotation marks, navigating the gay dating world. And we are joined by Jonathan Lee. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Hello. Um, thank you. Um, yep. So my name's Jonathan Lee. I'm a, a life coach, counselor, um, and author of the book 40 Single Gay, um, which seems to have put me as a bit of an expert into failed relationships. I've got it. Brilliant. <laughs> so I look forward to oversharing all of that with you over the next hour. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for your intro. Um, I had a chance to read your book while I was on holidays over the summer Amazing. and uh -huh. it cracked me up. There's a lot of humor <laughs> in there, a lot of pain. Uh, there was pain uh -huh. and humor and it was, it was all over. So it was really cool to, to read it. And mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, unpacking it here with you um, on the show. So um, yeah, well, <clears throat> when we, when we had reached out to, you had reached out to me and, and we mm -hmm. had jumped on a zoom call and we talked and we vibed and um we weren't quite sure what the topic would be. I took, you know, took an opportunity to read your book and I just reached out and I was like, I think this needs to be the topic of this podcast mm -hmm. because this is, you know, um, it seems to be a common theme, um, mm -hmm. failed relationships in the gay community. And um, I've had my fair share of failed relationships. I've had my fair share of sabotaging relationships. And I just think it's uh, something that we want to bring voice to normalize it. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the reason why we have failed in quotation marks is because, uh, you know, both Jonathan and I are firm believers that there isn't really such thing as a failed relationship. It's uh, it's about evolution, right? Every relationship is teaching us something. We're learning something from our relationships. And I think relationships are about practice. We practice and we get good at them. So we need to fail in order to get mm -hmm. good at them. So we want to reframe that a bit today. But we also want to talk about just like, you know, how um, relationships can be really challenging. Dating can be challenging, both not just in the gay community and all human, all humanity relationships are really challenging. So um, what we're going to be unpacking today um, is just looking at both of our experiences in the dating in the gay community, some of the struggles, some of those maybe even successes that we've had, um, any societal pressure to show mm -hmm. up and be in relationship, I think is really, really big. Uh, looking at the hostile world of dating. Why is it hostile? Why is there so much dysfunction in our community around dating? Um, which will lead us into the conversation about baggage and insecurity that we might bring mm -hmm. into relationships and dating. So the trauma of growing up gay, the lack of role models in our community and, uh, and how that has impacted, um, like I should say the lack of role models of healthy relationships in our community mm -hmm. can, yeah. can, yeah. Um, looking at uh, the, the investment that's required when we are dating, right? That we need to invest ourselves. Um, looking at the satisfaction level in our relationships, you know, a lot of us have satisfied physical needs, but maybe our emotional needs are going unmet. Uh, looking at that and then doing some reframing around what, uh, what it means to be in relationship and have failed relationships. Um, and then we'll wrap up uh, talking a bit about uh, doing our inner work. So why it's important for us all to be um, doing our personal work, our therapeutic work, if we want to 
contribute to a more conscious and healthy gay community and dating mm-hmm. pool. So Excellent. it's a very ambitious episode. We're it trying is. to take it's on a lot. Like, yeah, cramming a lot in for an hour, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best and we're going to just riff. So hopefully we, we cover the topic. So um, I want to know maybe just off the top, like what was your inspiration to writing this book? And and for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, it's called 40 Single Gay. Um, definitely recommend it. It was a, it was a oh, fun, fun, fun and, and, and mm. uh, yeah, interesting read. So you definitely share yeah, it. Well, the there. inspiration for the book, I, I mean, I didn't plan to write it as a book, to be honest with you. Um, it was uh, my form of therapy. Um, so I found myself a week before turning 40 mm-hmm. and unexpectedly um, single, I suppose. Um, I was in a relationship of two years and I, I guess in the back of my head, I knew it wasn't perfect, but it really kind of threw me. And I think that kind of breakup alongside turning 40, which is that kind of milestone year for, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, kind of caused me to kind of, um, well, I guess it was grief that I was feeling. And my way of processing that started to, to write it down. Um, and I, yeah, and just reflecting on, on kind of past relationships and um, talking about, um I, I don't think we can call them relationships as such. It was kind of probably more kind of hookups and mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, kind of dating, um, which is really harsh. So I'm really kind of pleased to be part of this and to be talking about it as because I'm sure my experience and, and feedback that I've got from others is that, you know, it is very relatable um, in terms of, um, yeah, kind of going through that whole kind of dating scene and, and trying to find someone um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so 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 that was the the inspiration behind it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it was interesting to kind of like read your transformation, like of what of what you were going through in that time period, and um, you know the hurt and the the pain that you're going through from the breakup, and then transferring mm-hmm. some of that into the you know the hookup culture, and almost mm-hmm. like the shock of hookup culture. Like it's like when you've been in a relationship for so long, like hookup culture mm. can feel like confronting and and there's a lot of um nuance to hookup culture oh incredibly hostile particularly more the the kind of grid style kind of dating apps Mm -hmm. um where it does seem to be more around immediacy and um yeah and 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 i think that's part of the problem and, and we'll probably explore this in a minute but particularly those grid style apps i think it's it's it i don't know it's probably aimed as a dating site but is it more kind of um Deliveroo for for kind of having a shag mm-hmm. um so you you kind of the people who you're you're kind of talking to mm-hmm. uh, uh, might be wanting different things and and I wonder particularly if that's part of the the um yeah the, the kind of added element within gay dating might yeah. be that you're looking, you are looking for different things you know around that yeah exactly when well, I think a lot of people think that those grid style dating apps are purely for sex and then you have some people Mm. that are on there looking for relationships so you have people coming into these apps with different expectations and I think that might cause the hostility is Mm. it's like there's this there's people that want instant gratification Mm and there's people that maybe are in between they could go either Mm -hmm. or and then there's people that really want that more delayed you know taking their time to meet somebody um so yeah it's it's challenging. I wish there was an app for kind of each section, <laughs> you know, like people that could go either way. Then you got maybe more of the demisexual people that want to yeah. build and foster more meaningful connection on the, on the left. Mm-hmm. And then people that want to have, you know, casual sex and they enjoy that, that mm-hmm. there's, you know, so uh, we need more, we need more mm-hmm. um, yeah. me- mediums. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And that's probably a good learning point, actually, kind of thinking about what platform you're using, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I do kind of, you know, use the, the grinder, you know, kind of, but actually, yeah, the majority of men are just looking for sex and, and kind of, yeah, so, so maybe it's about the, 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 that platform that I'm using and, and is it the right one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's important to like analyze the expectations that we're bringing into um, dating um, and even relationships and looking at um, um, are they are they matching the place that I'm looking? Are my expectations matching the place that I'm looking for what I'm trying to find, right? So if you have an expectation of looking for a relationship, maybe where you're looking if you're looking on grinder or scruff that might not be the mm-hmm. might not be a perfect match not saying that you can't mm-hmm. find it there but uh, yeah for yourself what's what expectations do you bring into dating right now in your life well, expectation wise um to be honest i um I'm probably trying to move away from, from having those expectations because I'd probably just be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm probably in a bit of a different place from actually when I wrote the book. And, and I'm really happy being single, I have to say, um, yeah. which is the first time in my life for a long time. I'd, I'd been um, in a long term relationship of 15 years um, where we got together when I was 20. Um, it was a, a civil partnership um, when we split up. And this is probably something which um, I'm sure many people listening probably would would kind of relate to and, and almost guilty of in terms of just going straight into another relationship and then into another relationship um and it's really liberating for me at the moment to not to think about dating and not to think about men and not to think you know is he going to call me and and kind of you know and all yeah. of that kind of side of things um so I've kind of I feel like I've pushed any expectations aside I mean, I'm still going online, I'm, you know, and, and, you know, occasional hookup, you know, get occasional date, which actually I, I really almost long for. I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah. I, I, it's almost like a really lovely way of um, the, the the headlines of someone's life that you can kind of get from a, from a really good date, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, kind of, and, I, and I really like that yeah. um, because yeah. I'm naturally a, a people person and, and to kind of hear that kind of insight and, and kind of, you know, it, it can be very intimate. Um, yeah, it can. For obviously sure. not all dating is like that. And, you know, and, and I've had the, the many awkward ones where you kind of just want the ground to swallow you up and you're kind of, mm-hmm. you know, or, or kind of looking for an excuse to go. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, yeah, expectations around dating I've probably lowered maybe lowered is the wrong word but I've broadened them um and it's less about the um the physical aspect of somebody um so I I, you know I used to have a a particular type and I kind of do I guess in in a way in terms of who I'm sexually attracted to um but I think I'm think I hope that I'm more open now in in terms of yeah what I look for Mm mm-hmm yeah. What shifted for you? You said like things have changed since you wrote the book and you're like more, um, you're bringing less expectation into dating. What, what, what shifted? Yeah. Well, I recently had a, um, a, a relationship which was relatively new and kind of went into a long-term relationship. Um, yeah. A long distance, sorry, relationship because yeah. of almost circumstances outside of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like the investment in that relationship was purely coming from me. And after a while, that's, that's really tiring. And um, yeah. And, and then when that ended and that, and that was from me kind of saying, actually, let's just pause things. It's, it's kind of not working. 
I felt so much lighter and, and I kind of, I guess I want to hold on to that a, a bit um, because I was kind of stressing, you know, and, and kind of constantly thinking, you know, why hasn't he called and, you know, sending a message and not getting a reply until a couple of days later and, you know, and, and just feeling that, that kind of impact it had on, on me, I suppose, in terms of my self-worth and, and I kind of, I don't know, I'm almost a bit annoyed at myself that I gave that to somebody else and, and I allowed myself to feel that as a result. Um, so I think there's that learning that I've taken from that and almost embracing being kind of independent and thinking, right, I'm not, you know, I don't need to be in a relationship, you know, and, and, and I can do things on my own. Yeah, I love that so much. And that's, uh, mm -hmm. we're at very similar spaces, actually, I think, in, okay, our, cool. in our dating world. Mm -hmm um i i feel very content being single right now mm. and almost to mm -hmm. the point where uh when i start getting into connection there's this part of me that's really protective of my 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 time and my space and like but in a balance and in a healthy way not like fully just you know yeah. immersing mm -hmm. myself in the relationship i think it's mm -hmm. i'm really learning how to take things slow mm -hmm. yeah. right now and just let the the the, the relationship and the connection mm -hmm. like grow organically um, and I think this is a product of a lot of, uh, you know, attachment trauma healing work I've been doing in the last um, year or two, um, and just really working on developing a secure attachment style. I think that's really uh -huh. helped tremendously. It's helped me mm -hmm. a lot in dating. Um, are you aware of your attachment style? Do you know which? which no, I'm, no. Style uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you a, a resource yeah. after that you can take mm -hmm. a little quiz yeah. and find yeah. out what, what you're scoring on. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's an important conversation to have around uh, when, whenever we're having a conversation around dating and relationships, um, you know, if people uh, are either secure or insecure in their attachment style. And we've done episodes on this in the past for the viewer listener, you can go check out, we have a, a podcast called Secure Relationships or Secure Attachment or something. And I think that will mm -hmm. will unpack that. We don't need to go into that now, but mm -hmm. I just was, mm -hmm. was curious. But that's so important, isn't it? In terms yeah. of we need to be grounded in ourselves and know who we are before then entering a relationship with another yeah. person. And I think I've seen it in like a couple of friends and, and kind of, you know, or kind of in, in my past mm -hmm. where I think some people, it's almost that desire to be in a relationship to kind of fix themselves or to be complete and to be yeah. whole. And actually I, I, I don't think that's healthy. And I think it's kind of, um, yeah, I, yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's, it's already putting pressure on a relationship. So yeah. Um, I yeah agree. definitely doing that kind of inner work in terms of just kind of working out who you are what's important having a life and, and kind of hobbies and and connections and experiences of your own um yeah. before then yeah doing stuff as a as a you know as a as a we as a as a as a you know in a couple yeah yeah I, I love that and I think that one of the the biggest things I've learned in just the, the last while you know whether that's been dating casually or um, doing a lot of the therapeutic work I've been doing is like, we're almost like evaluating the expectations and the needs that I'm bringing into dating and relationships, mm -hmm. because I think it's important. Like a lot of people would say, Oh, I don't bring any, any expectations into dating because I'll be disappointed. Like what you said, a lot of people think yeah. that way. <laughs> I think it's a dangerous way to think because we want to have expectations or standards that when we bring into relationships, because we, when we understand our needs, relational needs more specifically we want to really be clear about the expectations the boundaries that we have on getting mm. those needs met 
But where I think it's it's important to analyze, and this is a lot of the work I've been doing, is the shadow side of expectation, the shadow side of needs. Mm-hmm. It's like, what am I putting onto this other person to meet that I should be meeting for myself? Yeah. Uh-huh. So when there's codependency at play, we can't just expect somebody uh, to meet all of our needs. We have mm-hmm. to be w- mm-hmm. willing to show up for ourselves as well. And I think once we do that work and we understand, okay, these are healthy expectations, these are healthy boundaries, and these are healthy need requests that I have. Um, and they will fulfill me, they'll make me feel safe and trusting in a relationship. Those are valuable. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that, that the data that we need when we're going into dating. Otherwise, um, we don't know actually know what we want. We're not going to be able to attract what it is that we're we're needing, right? So I think for me, that's been a big part of it is like getting really clear about what it is that I need from a relationship mm-hmm. and then moving slow so those those things can start to grow and and happen like you look at trust reliability commitment knowing somebody those things can't happen quickly right they yeah. and there's a there's a, a, a what i notice in the gay culture is there's an impulsivity right and we want to we want to get into relationships we want to move quickly we want to fuck fast we you know and mm-hmm. and, and the mm-hmm. speed and i think a lot of us could really benefit from slowing down and taking yeah. our time uh-huh. Um, but consciously, not in an avoidant mm. in an avoidant mm. way. It's about communicating. Okay, let's take mm. this slow, consciously. Um, I think that would really uh, lead to more successful uh-huh. dating. Absolutely, yeah. and particularly kind of going back to like the grid style dating apps mm-hmm. that has made it almost too easy to actually find someone. I mean, yeah. literally, you know, unless you're in a really isolated area or something, you've yeah. you know you've got people there on your door, and and kind of if you want sex, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's very quick to to kind of do that. Um, yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. So that's kind of fits with that whole kind of immediacy. yeah yeah the word immediacy is so true um Mm. do you miss the the old days (laughs) do you miss the the old days of like without all these apps and where you'd have to actually go out and go to a bar and look at a guy across the room and it's like I missed out on that and and that might be a little bit of kind of you know what the book is about in terms of that 40th year where I kind of you know kind of um allowed myself to to kind of enjoy sex and and to kind of you know hook up some dating mm-hmm. uh because i it probably took me until i was about 20 to come to terms with my sexuality mm-hmm. and pretty much straight went you know went into a, a a relationship where i where we were together for 15 years yeah um and i think we met on do you remember gaydar the where it was like a, mm-hmm. a website version of it so i think yeah, yeah. um yeah so uh so um yeah, so we d- I didn't really do any of that dating stuff until okay. until my forties, um, and that's yeah uh, yeah. So I, I, um, I, I guess it's my only reference is is how things are now. Okay. Yeah. Mm, what about There's you? A, yeah, I do. I miss that, and I I don't miss necessarily like you know I used to go to the gay bars and get wasted and you know have yeah. hookups and stuff. I don't really miss that, but I think what I, I I yearn for is probably what's not even really readily available to most people unless you're living in like a gay village or something. Mm-hmm. But you could be at a bookstore and you see a cute guy and you make eyes with them and 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 mm-hmm. whatnot. But most for most of us, most people that are listening to this, if you're not living in like gay meccas, like that, you don't really get access to that. And I think yeah. uh-huh. I really yearn for that. I yearn to make eyes with the guy at the grocery store and mm. like, you know, mm. have and flirt and stuff. But yeah. I never know if a guy's straight or if he's gay or whatever. So mm. um, and I think that's that's something that I've had to grieve, too, is like just really missing out on on that. What we would say, like, you know, what straight people get access mm. to and mm. being able to mm-hmm. casually just walk down the street holding yeah. hands. Uh-huh. 
without being in fear or, you know, being able to kind of approach somebody at any venue and just assume that they're straight, right? Like I'm always awesome. very hesitant to approach men that I find attractive because I wonder if they're straight or if they're gay or not, right? It's so. an, a really good point in terms of that comparison to heterosexual couples or, or people, I suppose, in terms of, yeah, where it might be easier in that way to meet people. Although I was um, kind of at a dinner party the other day and, and someone was saying he would just go up to a guy and kind of say, you know, you look hot, you know, or something. And and I was like, no way could I do that. And you're like, what's the worst that could happen? You're paying someone a compliment, um, yeah. you know, and, and they could just say, actually, I'm, you know, I'm straight, you know, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, which I was quite, yeah, intrigued by. Um, I haven't actually tried it myself yet. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that. So, you know, my, um, like, I have this thing and I'm always attracted to straight men. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of us can relate to this. It's just kind of something that we all seem to have, but uh, there's a, a traveling party that in Calgary that goes to different um, venues. And so when you, when that happens, there's always like a little bit of an intermingling. There's some straight guys at the party. And mm -hmm. I went up, I went up to this guy, he was super sexy. And I was like, I, I really never go up to guys. I always let uh -huh. them approach me. And I'm like, I mustered up the courage. And I went up to this guy and he's like, Oh, sorry, I'm straight. And, and whatever. And it was like my worst nightmare, but actually it wasn't in that moment because he handled it really well. It was just easy. I was yeah, like, okay, yeah. cool. Uh -huh. um, so it's possible for sure to, mm -hmm. to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good for you yeah uh -huh. yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um let's let's talk about because this seems like a good segue like the societal pressures mm -hmm. to be in a relationship like mm -hmm. what sort of stuff do you carry within yourself around like feeling pressure to be in a relationship yeah I well like I said I don't think I do now but certainly I probably have in the past and mm -hmm. I probably see it amongst kind of you know um friends and and, and kind of stuff like that um where or, or, or maybe on the media and, and kind of how it's kind of depicted, you know, kind of in, in TV and stuff, that that whole thing around um, you have to be in a relationship to, to almost be complete. And, and kind of, I remember like telling a few people, like, you know, that I split up and I was single and and the, the response would have been, oh, it's okay. You know, you're, you're going to find someone um, yeah. as if, you know, as if, you know, you, you do need to, 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 yeah, to be in a couple to, to, yeah to exist mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah but um, i i hope that i've i'm not kind of allowing that to kind of yeah kind of dictate any kind of decision making or anything like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i'm probably in a similar position as you i think i don't feel societal pressure i think there is this energy within me though around aging and mm. i want to I don't know. It's like almost like this, my ego feels like aging. I've Well, my ego is bought into this whole notion that as you age, you become less valuable. Right. Mm. And there's that, there's definitely a part inside of me that feels that way. Um, and so I do feel like this, like a little bit of like a urgency to find a partner and, and, you know, um, and and mm -hmm. settle down and I so there is there, there is a part of me but it's not coming from societal pressure though I think it's coming from within myself I think it's mm -hmm. more of a yearning mm -hmm. to be to be in a relationship and to have a person that can be mm -hmm. my person that I build my life with and and mm -hmm. um so there's that that is definitely alive mm -hmm. in me as well yeah. Yeah. and have you had that what was your longest relationship 
my longest relationship was eight years actually so it was from 21 to 29 Uh um and that was yeah it was it was a pretty pretty good relationship it Mm -hmm. ended not as as well as I wanted it to but um and then I've had probably a couple year long and then a couple Mm -hmm. two year long Mm -hmm. Uh, and and then yeah Mm -hmm. so I've I've, I tend to be yeah uh yeah Mm Yeah, I like that. And then I've had lots of just date, you know, guys mm-hmm. that I've dated for a couple months at a time, but more casually. And I think yeah. that's been more in the last few years, I've been really learning the art of casual dating and not mm-hmm. making somebody my person. Um, yeah. And, you know, playing with, um, I guess, like non monogamous dating, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which I just define as casual dating or exploration. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it's, there's been lots of challenges. I think, you know, if we move into that next question, like what is my experience dating in the, in the gay community? I think I've experienced a lot of um, mirroring for me. I do, I have a disorganized attachment style and I've been working tremendously hard to, to develop a secure attachment, uh, but disorganized is a blend of anxious and avoidant. So mm-hmm. some, like if I'm, if I'm in a relationship or connection with an avoidant person, I'll become more anxious. And if I'm in a relationship with somebody who's more anxious, I can become avoidant. I have kind of both sides uh-huh. of me. Um, so, you know, the struggle for me in dating is I, um, I'm very perceptive mm. and I do this work. I work with attachment trauma in my, in my practice as well. So I spot it really quickly in people. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of insecure attachment in our community. A lot of mm-hmm. uh, what I see is like intimacy avoidance. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I've really come up against. A lot of intimacy avoidance in our community and people um, having a ton of capacity for for sexual intimacy, uh, which I think is yeah. beautiful, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. And because uh, sex is really beautiful and it is, it is one of the ways we can celebrate intimacy. Um, mm-hmm. But emotional intimacy has been something that I've seen lacking in our community. And yeah. um but I'd also think that it was lacking a bit in me too. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the mirror effect of that is like, I want this, um, but I want it when it's not there. And then mm-hmm. when it's present mm-hmm. to me and somebody does show up and they're able to be emotionally intimate with me, it kind of freaks me out a bit too. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh, I got to show up and I got to show up all my parts. I got to show my fears and my insecurities and my shame. Um so this has been a humbling year for me, just being able to recognize my own fear of intimacy mm-hmm. and uh, how it's shown up for me as well. And I think that's given me a, a bit of empathy and compassion mm-hmm. for our community, for myself. Um, and, but it's, it doesn't change the fact that the, 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 I think it's an epidemic in our community, that there's an epidemic of intimacy avoidance and, um, and trauma and, sh- and toxic shame, unresolved toxic shame in our uh-huh. community that, uh-huh. that needs to be healed so we can move closer towards our authentic self. So we can move towards authentic relationship, right? If you're not connected to authentic self, you can't actually be mm-hmm. in an authentic mm-hmm. relationship. So I think that's where the repair needs to happen in ourselves and in our community uh, before we can have more uh, conscious dating you know I use that Mm, word loosely mm. because it can mean different things to different people but um, like conscious for me is just people being aware of themselves Mm. and aware of their fear of intimacy Mm. so Mm -hmm. we can talk about it right it doesn't mean we have to eradicate it it means that okay I can still move into connection with a fear of intimacy and it can be talked about as Mm. opposed to thinking we have to be perfectly healed before we move into connection right Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I had similar thoughts and, and kind of thinking what I'll be saying in preparation for this. Yeah. Um, mine isn't kind of within the, 
a, a kind of model that you're talking about, but I kind of just felt that maybe gay men just have more shit to deal with. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and that influence. And, and obviously we come with our own baggage and then we might be meeting someone else with that baggage and then kind of, you know, that kind of mis mismatch. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be really hard to separate the two and not to think, uh, you know, example of, of if someone doesn't kind of call you back, you know, thinking you're not good enough or something, whereas actually it, it might be nothing to do with you at all, you know, and, and yeah. but to, to kind of, um, yeah, to not let that influence you and, and then to think about then how you might be within a, another date, you know, and, and kind of, you know, and as you go on, it, I, I guess it can be quite easy to get quite cynical about kind of everything and people and the world. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, we talk about the trauma of growing up gay and just these things. I think a lot of us carry core wounding, just like most human beings, though. I see this in a lot of the people I work with. It doesn't matter their orientation. Um, you know, I'm not good enough. Just seems mm, like that's yeah, like the, the yeah. core for a lot of people. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not wanted. I'm not good enough. I'm not mm. worthy. These fundamental things. And I think what happens when we have these core wounds or these self-limiting beliefs when we experience a failed relationship or we get rejected, mm -hmm. these things, this experience goes through the filter of our core beliefs. So we start to attribute meaning to mm -hmm. this person broke up with me. This relationship didn't work because I'm not worthy. I'm not yeah. lovable. I'm not good enough. And I think where we, you know, where we can reframe is looking at it through you know, well, honoring, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, that this core belief has been activated. We want to honor that. And we want to love that part of ourselves. But we also want to look for more evidence mm -hmm. in that experience, like, okay, what was actually going on here? Um, you know, was it a mismatch? Usually when there's rejection at play, it's a misalignment. I, I mm -hmm. kind of almost mm -hmm. rejection and, and, and misalignment are synonyms for me, because it's like, if somebody rejected me, it means they're seeing something that I can't quite see yet that there's uh -huh. not, there's a mismatch in our connection. So when I start to, when I start to attribute new meaning to my experiences and my failed relationships, that's when I start to see them as evolutionary. They're my relationships mm -hmm. are helping me mm -hmm. evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. And they're not just reinforcing, you know, these, this part of me that feels like I'm not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. But again, both are active, both are there. So we want to honor both, but it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say on, on like just trauma growing up gay, like the impact that yeah, this has on, I guess that leads me into, um, I think I don't recall seeing positive role models growing up, um, mm -hmm. in, in terms of seeing many kind of like gay couples, you know, kind of, you know, on, on TV and, and kind of things like that. So I grew up in the 80, or I, I was born in 1981. So I was kind of you know, um, teenage years would have been like the 90s. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it kind of felt like get, being gay was more of a, a shameful thing and, and kind of something that was done in secret or in public mm -hmm. toilets. And and yeah. actually think, and, and I don't recall seeing any positive couples, you know, gay couples on, on kind of on TV. Mm -hmm. And I, I live in the UK, as you can tell from my accent. Mm -hmm. I think that's changed now. And, and, and it's really positive to see that there are kind of, um, you know, good role models and storylines aren't about, you know, someone who's trying to come to terms with their sexuality or, or about AIDS. It's about kind of, you know, people just being part of, the, you know, their community. Um, yeah. 
So hopefully that will change, but it, it just led me to think, well, I wonder if that's had any influence on on my relationships, knowing that I've not necessarily seen those positive ones growing up. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it's, you're very accurate. And I think trauma also plays into that too, because mm -hmm. if we experience mm -hmm. trauma within our, within our community, it makes it harder for us to be successful in relationships. And then we see less successful relationships in our environment. But I think this is like a, it's a human thing too, because I think about myself growing up and I didn't really have many healthy relationships to, mm. to, to, to look up to, honestly, like lots of fighting in my, in my, uh, my parents' relationship and they yeah. divorced when I was about nine. Um, so that was, you know, very traumatizing. And then looking around, it seemed like everybody's father was an alcoholic and, mm. you know, like just, just so much. Right. So then again, when you look at trauma and at how intergenerational it is and it, it, yeah. it, it yeah. leads itself through generations. And um, so people that, that I think did get that modeled to them like mm -hmm. a healthy relationship but whether it was their parents or they they got to see that in in other gay couples I think that's tremendous it's such mm -hmm. a beautiful way mm -hmm. to to have hope for mm -hmm. for relationships yeah. in yeah. our community yeah mm -hmm. do you see that more now um yeah I think so I think I mean certainly within my culture and, and my kind of references yeah mm. obviously that's not going to be the same for, for everybody um kind of listening in terms of mm -hmm. yeah where they are and, and kind of but yeah uh -huh. yeah what, what if you were to say like you know this this couple really is like a role model couple for me like this is what I would want what are you seeing in that couple what are you observing in their relationship that you'd be like wow that's a healthy relationship um I it, interesting because I probably I probably don't really know their relationship. Do you know what I mean? Because you know what goes behind closed doors. Yeah, and, but know, from the outside eye. Really, yeah, I guess it's yeah. that just kind of companionship or that kind of you know um, observing two people where they just seem to be in love. Do you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. they might be holding hands or, or just kind of sharing a moment or something. Um, yeah, yeah, probably that. Um, yeah. hmm. but interestingly and and again uh, kind of uh, without generalizing it does seem more prevalent within the, the gay community kind of open relationships as well and it just you know I just see so many of of you know on, on kind of dating apps you know where people are um, in a relationship but they still kind of hook up with others and mm -hmm. that seems to be on the rise maybe I yeah I don't know yeah mm -hmm. Do you see that as a positive thing or? Um, I think it's completely up to the individual or individuals yeah. within that relationship. Um, I, I've, I've not been in a relation in an open relationship, but it, it might actually suit me quite well. Um, so yeah, I, I guess there needs to be that buy-in by both parties and yeah, but I don't see what I don't, I don't see why it can't be a, a good thing. Yeah, exactly. And mm. I think you're right. And I think when both parties want that, I think it's important, but I, I have seen and I've worked with clients where they are, they're doing it to stay in the relationship because mm. their, part, their partner mm -hmm. wants it and they don't want to lose the relationship. So yeah. they do it. Yeah. So again, it's like, there's so many factors at play here. Yeah. And I think uh -huh. uh, yeah. I, no, I, the only barometer to use to measure is happiness. 
does this feel Uh good for you? Right. And that's, Mm -hmm. so I say, you know, do whatever relationship structure works for you. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, when I look at a healthy relationship, I would say, you know, I'm very like, I'm very much a tactile lover. And I mm-hmm. think when I see like a couple that's really tactile and like they're, they're touching each other a lot and they're like making a lot of eye contact and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm the guy that goes to the party that like, yeah, I like to socialize, but usually I like to hang out in a corner and watch people. That's kind of my time. <laughs> oh, that's me. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm always watching couples and I'm like, oh, like, you know, while the other ones over talking to friends and that, and I kind of see mm-hmm. like them gaze at each other and like, mm-hmm. you can just feel the love from across the room. And I think that's what I want. You know, I want, I want that. I want a guy that's just mm-hmm. really, really attentive to me. Um, attentiveness is a big part yeah. of it. Touchy. Yeah. Like always uh-huh. want to have his uh-huh. hands on you, like yeah. that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, mm. yeah. I think I've, so my long-term partner, who, you know, 15 years, he was probably the only person who I felt I could be like silly around. Like, you know, yeah. like I would I would be able to dance and, and kind of sing in front of him. Yeah. That's a bit that I really miss because I've not found that with anybody else. And yeah, yeah just to, to, yeah, just to, to be free in that sense, I suppose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that too, actually. And that's another thing that I would look for in healthy couple is playfulness mm. and, and sense of yeah. humor. Yes. Um, yeah. It is a beautiful quality. And I, I agree with you. I haven't had many relationships where, where that playfulness can come through. And I just recently started dating somebody in the last uh, couple months and um, we're, we're doing a, like a long distance connection mm-hmm. at this point. And uh we have that like we can mm-hmm. create videos and we'll just like sing and like dance yeah, yeah. and stuff and uh-huh. it feels so easy you know whereas before yeah, I'd be yeah. insecure about sharing like that part mm-hmm. of me but mm-hmm. um he's really silly and I'm I'm I have a silly side too and we let our silly yeah. sides come yeah. out together yeah. and it's yeah it's really beautiful oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um okay where do we want to go from here um do you want to share your experience of dating in the gay community? What has it been like for you in the last, um, you know, I'm curious, actually, just in the, even in the last year, like since you, you you wrote the book, things have shifted for you. What's dating been like? Um, probably less dating, more hookups, if I'm honest, and, and maybe okay. not, but, but that's not purely been my focus. And, and even that's, yeah. you know, not been all that much, but um yeah, but I guess during the time of the book, I mean, there was quite a few humorous things that kind of mm-hmm. happened. Um, again, this is probably touching more on the kind of hookup culture rather than dating, but just kind of, I mean, I'm thinking of one guy who turned up at my door who um, from the, the the time of kind of that message around he was leaving his, you know, his place and, and kind of arrived at mine, he seemed to kind of like age by 10 years, um, kind of, you know, put on about 20 pounds and, and kind of lost his two front teeth. Um, but rather than me kind of saying, actually, you're nothing like your photos, you know, can you go? Um, I invite him in to penetrate me, kind of, you know, and it's kind of that kind of, yeah, that kind of, um, I don't know, that lack of boundaries, I suppose, which I, yeah, or, or kind of, yeah, I don't know, but that's that kind of, where it kind of feels quite a harsh world at times where people aren't necessarily who they are saying they are. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. 
that's uh yeah that's reminds me of my 20s i don't put myself in those situations anymore because i don't really do, do hookups but that's why i freak out like i can't do hookups because i'm like what if he comes and he you know i'm not i don't like his smell or and i'm very governed like in order for me to get an erection there has to be like yeah, yeah. more right so i think um i usually will always go on dates first and like warm uh-huh. up so usually around like date three is where i would like bring my physical mm-hmm. body into mm-hmm. things and that just works for me like there's no absolutely zero shame to anybody that does it on date one hey i've been there done that mm-hmm. <laughs> right and it was good while it while i was doing it um but I, I, you just made me think of the the funniest part of your book that actually made me crack mm-hmm. up um <laughs> was about the um <laughs> you offering drink to somebody and then he chose oh, hot yeah. chocolate <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, there's uh, there's like that etiquette isn't there when, or again you might yeah. maybe from your 20s or, or you know you, i'm sure you still remember but where you kind of say to someone do you want to drink and and the polite <laughs> thing to do is say i'll have a glass of water yeah and this person was like oh, what have you got and i was literally <laughs> it felt like i was in starbucks or something and he kind of yeah he kind of opted for hot chocolate where yeah I'm thinking you know, chocolate sprinkles, cream on there as well, and kind of yeah. Yeah, that made me laugh so hard. It was literally <laughs> too funny. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Let's um. Let's talk a bit about like um. Well, we talked about satisfying physical needs. What about emotional needs? Um, we talked about that. The investment of dating. I'm curious. You added that to the mm. to the list. What what did you mean by that? I think it can just be draining dating. You know, like kind of you're obviously wanting to portray yourself in you know mm. as a um, as a, a a good first impression. You know, so mm. you you kind of um, and you're also wanting to be engaging. You know what I mean? So it's important. You know, and and kind of. Um, to do that time and time again, do you know what I mean? Obviously, depending on how many dates you're going on, but it, mm-hmm. it can be really tiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and even chatting to guys online, you know, and, yeah. and where well, that can be quite mind numbing, really. Do you know what I mean? Where you're having that same conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but to, to kind of, yeah, to, 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 to have that um, connection, it, it kind of takes effort, I think. Well, maybe it doesn't, maybe that's where I'm going wrong. And actually, if it's taken too much effort at that stage, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, that, that he's not the right guy. Um, and if I did meet the right guy, then it wouldn't be so draining and, you know, and all mm-hmm. of that. But it, yeah, it just felt like that kind of, that investment that it kind of takes in yourself. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So much. Honestly, um, it reminds me, I've been really kind of grappling with this whole like monogamy, non-monogamy, what do I want? And, you know, uh, it's been torturous for me because I go back and forth. Um, But so I decided to actually go and see a psychic. I love going to psychics once in a while, just for shits and giggles. It's fun. Uh, But this, I asked this, the psychic, I was like, you know, what, what am I, you know, what's, what's down the road for me? Am I going to be monogamous? Am I going to be non-monogamous? And she's like, oh, you're for sure going to be monogamous. She's like, you're not going to have time in your life. She's like, you got two businesses. They're both going to be flourishing a lot more in the coming um, yeah. coming year. And she's like, you're going to, she's like, somebody's coming into your life and they're going to be a perfect fit for you. She said, they're going to uh-huh. be exactly what you need that you're not going to need to look outside the relationship for anything. I thought that was really interesting because part of me was relieved by that mm. because I find dating to be exhausting 
And yeah. I don't, I personally don't really like it. I like the, the, the initial part of like that hunt, like, Oh, like mm-hmm. who can I find? And you're always swiping and looking for somebody that can be fun. Mm-hmm. But I find the getting to know phase and like, and then, you know, you invest and then you realize that there's no value alignment. So you have to, mm-hmm. right. And it just, I don't know, it just takes up a lot of my bandwidth. So yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean now by, by mm-hmm. putting that on the, the list. Here, mm-hmm. It takes up yeah. a lot. Picks up a lot mm, of it does yeah but just to unpick what you were saying about open relationships and, and again mm. I've not been in one but I guess that that open part can be purely sex I mean for others it might be mm. where it's more of an emotional thing you know where they've got multiple partners and, and I might be yeah. using the wrong terms here do you know what I mean but you know um but that's the other thing that's kind of struck me around um again not not wanting to generalize too much but kind of gay men in terms of being able to um almost um have sex and it can be quite almost mechanical maybe that's the wrong word but you know it, it's it's not that emotional side it's purely about yeah. what it is it's it's about the physical um yeah. like transactional i would use that's to a describe better it. word yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. thank yeah. you <clears throat> yeah and that's you know when i when i go back and forth between monogamy and non-monogamy as a demisexual it's a little different to navigate and for those of you who don't mm. know what demisexuality is it's where you need emotional connection for sexual arousal. So right. okay. for me, uh-huh. if I were to be in an open relationship, it would have to be open to mm-hmm. to, to loving another person, right? Okay. Um, uh-huh. Because that's where you know, for me, I'm 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 thriving, right? So for mm-hmm. me, casual mm-hmm. sex doesn't really do it for me, and I think um, mm-hmm. I need to have that connection built. So it brings mm-hmm. the other another element into yeah. me questioning uh-huh. whether non-monogamy would work for me because. Yeah. Um, a lot of people open up a relationship sexually because, you know, they want that variety and Mm -hmm. then, um, they can keep the relationship quite safe that way. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. just sex, you know, and, and some couples even have rules of like not sleeping with them over again. You can have, or do it when we're traveling Mm -hmm. or like, Mm -hmm. and those, and that can really work for some couples. And, um, for me, that wouldn't work. So I feel like an open relationship with, Mm. for me would be playing with fire because, you know, and that would lead probably to more polyamory, which I don't really think I want that Mm -hmm. Mm because I I have this this idea of having one partner that I want to build a life with, not several. So Mm. see, that could work for me because actually I I do like that, that thrill of of that one, you know, like a one night stand and, and, you know, and and kind of, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's really, you know, the world's our oyster when it comes to relationships. I think Mm, it's really beautiful mm -hmm. that we can, we can build them and mold them how we want. I think one of the challenges, though, is we need to find somebody that wants to, that wants to share that same value, Mm -hmm. right? So whether it's, it's monogamy, polyamory, you know, non-monogamy, whatever, Mm. it's, we need to find the value alignment to to Mm. those desires, Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be challenging in our community because there's a lot, yeah. you know, in the brotherhood, in the gay men's brotherhood, we often will, t- you know, put posts or we create content on, um, open or closed relationships and Paul, oh, you should read the comments. It's yeah. so divisive, right? You have mm, like people mm-hmm. that are hardcore set up in the monogamy camp and you have people that are hardcore set up in the non-monogamy camp. And it's mm. like, you know, whereas I've kind of learned to play in the gray and really look at it through like they both bring tons of value and, yeah. and you know, excitement and, and different things. And you mm-hmm. just got to find what works for you. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just being honest with the other person in, in terms yeah. of what you're kind of wanting. Um, yeah. Although I guess that can change over time, but, but then so can a lot of things, can't they? Yeah. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, well, maybe let's transition into a bit about the conversation about doing our inner work. Um, 
you know, I'd love to know just even in the last few years, you said, since you wrote the book, like, what have you been doing as far as focusing on yourself? So you have more capacity for relationships just in general, whether mm-hmm. depending yeah. on whatever structure you want. Yeah. I think one of the things I've been doing is not having um, finding a relationship or, or kind of dating being my pure focus. Um, so to make sure that I had other stuff going on in terms of, you know, things that I get enjoyment or fulfillment from. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to that long-term relationship of 15 years, we were both kind of introverted. Um, we lived in this little bubble and and kind of didn't really socialize much with other people, um, which was completely fine until that kind of popped. And then, you know, and, and I was found myself kind of alone and not having that kind of network of, of kind of friends around me. And, and, yeah that's probably one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned over the past couple of years just how important friendships are Mm. um and my circle of friends are are still quite small you know what I mean you know but but you know they're they're people who I I feel like I can rely on um so that's I, I think really important and one of the things that I've kind of learned and having yeah interests so that you know I I don't feel lonely, you know, and, and I do feel fulfilled so that I'm not looking for someone to, to, to fulfill me or, or to, you know, to, to kind of occupy my time. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds like maybe you have more of a, you lean towards more of an anxious attachment style mm, where okay. you, you tend to get more preoccupied with your relationships and you, that person becomes your person. Right. Mm. Um, so it it sounds like Mm. the work you've done is really like cultivating more independence and having hobbies Mm. and learning how to, to take care of yourself and Mm. and have friendships. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know how this fits with that, but one of the things that I've observed is that I'm a bit of a, um, a caretaker within a relationship. Um, so yeah, definitely, um, yeah. Trying to take on people's problems and and trying to fix them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I believe um, in the show notes of this episode, you can, there's a link that's, we'll say this is for the the viewer listener um, Mm. to uh, learn about your attachment style. And we have a Uh quiz on our website that you can take to find out what your attachment style is. Uh So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one, honestly. That's why we have that link on our Mm. website. It's Mm. like so important for, you know, all the things that we're working with in, in community and, you know, the mission that we have and the mission that I have in my personal practice as well is to help people um, heal so they can empower themselves into their authentic self so they can have, in, you know, authentic relationships. That's what this is all about. <laughs> uh, we want we want gay men to feel safe to be able to enter connection and mm-hmm. bring bring their whole self in connection, you know, their fears, their insecurities, their wants, desires, all of that. It's all all welcome. And I think that's the inner work that needs to be done. So whether that's, you know, for myself, it was a lot of um, trauma healing. I had to go through a lot of trauma healing work. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it was, to tra- you know, childhood trauma. And part of it was the trauma of growing up gay, which I think is, mm-hmm. it's very, very traumatic growing up gay. And we, uh-huh. we learn from a very young age to hide who mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of being in intimacy is revealing yourself Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. that's the inner conflict it's like I have a desire for intimacy but I have a very strong fear of revealing who I am authentically 
mm-hmm. and that leads to inability to be able to show up and, and be in intimacy. So I think that actually is the root of intimacy avoidance in our community is a, a deep fear of wanting of, of not wanting to reveal who we actually are because we spent most of our lives masked up, right? Uh-huh. Like pretending mm-hmm. to be straight, pretending mm-hmm. to be masculine, yeah. pretending to be successful, pretending to be all the things because mm-hmm. we didn't want to have to, you know, sit with the mm-hmm. the shame, the inadequacy, the things yeah. that we may have mm-hmm. uh, have experienced when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So, And you've just reminded me there of the other thing, which I think might be quite common is, I don't know why, but to, to put people in tribes, you know, and it's kind of, you know, and, and then to it, it can almost narrow in terms of what you might be thinking you're looking for in terms of a particular person based on, you know, what they look like rather than actually who they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I kind of, I don't really like that about our community, to be honest, or just human beings in general. Yeah. 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 It's like all these little subgroups and then like, you know, being labeled like an otter or a bear Mm -hmm. or all these things. I don't know. It just kind of Uh feels like, yeah, Mm. it doesn't, doesn't, I like more vastness. I like to just be able to show up and be whoever I want to be and not Uh like I have Uh to be like pigeonholed into labels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else that you feel is important to, to this topic? We can start to um, land the plane here. Yeah, I guess my biggest takeaways are, I, I think, first of all, I think it is okay to be single and and kind of, you know, just kind of taking that kind of pressure away from, from kind of thinking that you have to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And as we've kind of touched on, I think it's really important that you work on you as a person before working on, on kind of you as a couple. Um and yes, and and not for for dating to be your only purpose. Otherwise, I think that can be very um, that would be quite soul destroying. I think and kind of quite isolating. You know, like if you're literally just thinking that you you have to be in a relationship to to you know to be someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so to not have that your own worth being dependent on it on another person. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll piggyback on that and just say. I guess maybe just provide hope to people that, um, you know, cause this is, I think this is the biggest pain point that I see people reaching out, you know, even in my practice or in the brotherhood, um, just really struggling with deep, deep loneliness. I think that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest epidemics in our, in our community, um, mm-hmm. is people are so lonely and they want connection really badly. And I think it's, you know, oftentimes when there's, when we're feeling starved of connection, um, it's the universe's mm. way of of saying we need to connect with ourselves mm, right yeah. like uh-huh. I'm a firm believer that we can only receive love from somebody else as deep as mm. we've loved ourselves, yeah. and that is really really important mm, I think people yeah. um, so focus on the relationship yeah. with yourself yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely important. And that doesn't mean that you have to be in do that in isolation, you can still mm. do that while you're dating. And while you're having all these failed relationships in yeah. quotation marks, you can still be loving yourself and going to yeah. therapy and coaching yeah. and, and these mm-hmm. sorts of things. Um, but I want to, yeah. I want to provide hope to people that, you know, when you do that, cause I'm experiencing it now, like relationships get easier. People start to be attracted to mm-hmm. you. And it doesn't feel like mm. this, this hunt that you're hunting for your person. It's more like the, the people will just come when your heart is open and you're ready to receive the love that's meant for yeah. you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
um, that I also think that connection that you're talking about doesn't have to be via a, a kind of, you know, a um, boyfriend or partner or anything like that. You know, you can obviously get that in different ways. And, and that's probably the, going back to the, the thing that I probably learned most over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree. And even in hookup, in, like mm-hmm. I've had, I've had, uh, and maybe this isn't a hookup, but make you go for a dinner date mm-hmm. and you go for a walk after and you decide that yeah. you want to go back to, you know, their place and you have mm-hmm. great sex and you lay there and you cuddle after that is very satiating, very fulfilling. And it's a beautiful mm-hmm. container to practice intimacy. Right. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so again, it doesn't have to be like quick bang. I'm out. It mm. can be like, maybe slow it down prepare yourself for and go for a dinner and then mm-hmm. go and hang out after and, and take your time with somebody and, and truly practice dating. Cause I think there's a lot of intimacy waiting to mm-hmm. be explored. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and I want to give you an opportunity just to um, let people know where they can find this, this lovely book of yours. <laughs> um, so most kind of online um, retail outlets. Um, yeah. Obviously the, the, bigger one begin with a but there's more local ones as well okay yeah great and you can be found on instagram at at 40 underscore single underscore gay mm-hmm. okay is there any anywhere else you'd like people to reach out to if they want to connect with uh, you? say that again is there anywhere else that you would want somebody to reach out to you if they wanted to connect with you um yeah so that's so um instagram is probably the the better one yeah that's kind okay. of me yeah. Mm-hmm. okay yeah great Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing your experience. It's been Uh a nice, nice conversation. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, for the listener viewer, um, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you can give us a a star rating on your favorite podcast platform. And on YouTube, I would love to hear what, 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 how are you navigating relationships right now? What are your struggles? What are your successes? I'd love to hear both from people. So if you want to drop some comments in the YouTube video, uh, we'd love to hear them. And uh, yeah, again, thanks, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. See ya.